Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Make an ass out of you and me when you assume, unless you're in the Doom Room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed. There's panic in the boardroom because it's time to boom boom in the Doom Room. I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 2, Episode 4, Sex Patrol. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's time. It's time. It's, I've been ready for this episode for a while. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably Pete's favorite episode of the show because Pete always feels very comfortable talking about sex. So I'm excited to get into it. But broad overview if you haven't watched the episode in a while. So Danny the Brick has been broken in half. And in order to bring them back to life, the denizens show up at Doom Manor, have a big party. And in the middle of the party, Dorothy starts flexing her age a little bit, trying Flex. to push the boundaries, if you will. And things go predictably wrong. Uh, they specifically go wrong, though, because of Rita, who is trying to have an orgasm, thanks to Flex Mentello, so that all? she can get past her mental block and control her powers. This summons a terrifying entity who gives birth to a baby and is only stopped by the sex men. So lots of stuff going on here. Uh, and in the middle of all of it, Jane is, of course, wrestling with her uh, identity problems. Cliff is coming to a little bit of a detente with Niles after everything that's gone on. Uh, and uh, Cyborg's back. So there you go. <laughs> also, lots Larry is there. On. So lots Larry of stuff going on. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. And he's not super sexually charged um, in this episode. But, I mean, I think what it all comes down to is this is what happens when you don't um, uh, d- do your bedtime. You don't honor your bedtime. <laughs> oh, do your bedtime. Yes. Yeah, you do, do your, your bedtime your... and honor your bedtime are two different things, and both happen in this episode. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Where do babies come from? Well, it's when you do your bedtime. Oh, boy. I did really love the artifice here of two hours to bedtime, one hour to bedtime, way past bedtime. Very fun fun title cards throughout. It was just a really nice framing device. It is fun. Very, like, sort of... I love the uh, the comedy of when things are so high stakes, but it's literally just saying bedtime. It's like mm-hmm. if The Shining was like about sandwich. The title cards are about like sandwiches or something like that. It's very. But I mean, you know, sorry, we're just trying parent- to plus up The Shining. Is that what yeah, you're doing well, over there, well, Justin? Was- Classic movie. You think you could do better than Kubrick? Well, I'm just saying The Shining has title cards in the similar fashion that pop up, giving us. And you the think time. you could do them better? Is what you're saying, what I'm getting from you. Any other Stanley Kubrick classics you want to plus up while you're at it? All I'm saying is that 2001 A Space Odyssey, we get it. And when you put the action at the center of the frame, it feels a little spooky. We get a slow dolly move in. It's sort Mm -hmm. of like scary. Would you prefer to change HAL 9000 for a sandwich? That seems to be the thing that you like a lot. Star Wipes (laughs) is the move. (laughs) It is in space, so fair point. 
Mm-hmm. Pete, you were uh, saying, oh, or go ahead, Justin. No, so one last talk, thing, Pete. You time. were a sex. You were a sex man oh, for a while, right? Oh you were on the team. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Pete? Go ahead before you get caught uh, in this particular quagmire. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of <laughs> uh, uh, things I wanted to jump in uh, about there, but I do think uh, you know bedtime is epic. You know, as parents, you know, uh, you know, you finally get some time to yourself. Uh, you know, when they finally go down a little bit, or maybe it's time you go to bed yourselves, but still, I loved how <laughs> epic bedtime is. And, uh, I think it was a fun way to portray its epicness in this episode. I like that you threw out there sort of that sometimes, um, parents put kids to bed and sometimes kids put parents to bed. <laughs> that's right. That's in right. My I mean, house, that's, we I've go seen them both first. happen. Yeah. Uh, I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're about to joke about it, Justin, but honestly, this happens sometimes now because uh, my eldest is 12, and sometimes I'm just wiped out. You know, I got to wake up early on a mm-hmm. Wednesday morning to watch my Star Wars show, so I'm very tired by the end of the day, all tuckered out. Oh, boy. Yeah. And my kid comes in, gives me a kiss on the head, says, good night, Daddy, and uh, turns off the light. And then she goes and pours a scotch and says, God, <laughs> this, these parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Time being a 12-year-old smoking a stogie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, the sex. Pete, what do you think about sex? Do you like sex? (laughs) (laughs) I am honestly curious because this is, again, not being glib or anything like that. I know you generally are like, I don't like stuff like this. You tend to call it creepy. But I know you really like Doom Patrol. And obviously, this is a more satirical take on it. It's not other than the ghosts, actual sex happening the most of the time. So what do you think? How did, this episode, how did this episode strike you? You do, on the other hand, really like Ghostbusters. So there yeah. is that. Yeah, yeah it's not a, a sex weird, there. Uh, uh, you know, this. I thought this was funny. I thought it was done really well. Um, I, I got a little worried when the uh, baby thing started to happen, but I thought that was resolved really hilariously. And, um, you know... So, yeah, I overall thought this was a blast. I thought it was really fun. All right. Glad uh, to hear that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think this episode does such a good job of create of being sexy, of like creating sexual tension for between the characters. But also we as the viewer, it's like, whoa, there's all this sex in the air. Where's it going to go? Mm-hmm. And then... And then, but still be a Doom Patrol episode that is full of like super funny, um, weird characters. The villain like comes out of nowhere, it vanishes immediately. Like, it's just <laughs> great. The show is so smart. And this is one of my favorite episodes just from a pure creative uh, standpoint. And it, it was fun. Even Cliff, the villain of the series, was uh, like okay. having, he's, he's loosening up and he is, um, you see him just with a little help of ecstasy. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, finally, uh, lets his anger go for even just a little bit. Well, I, if we take it back to the beginning of the episode, oh, it's uh, such a fun moment to kind of like, even at the title card, they put sex pistols in the back, you know, uh, just a little foreshadowing to let you know what's going down. It's fun. Hmm. Yes, we do start off in London, 1978. Pete, I know you've been having some issues with the timeline since this is all over the place. Time does not matter on the show. Everybody can live matters very specifically. A hundred, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, what did you think about this? This is more in your timeline, right? Yeah. Yeah, 1978 England. Yeah, definitely right, <laughs> right in my sweet spot there, bro. Yeah, born on the streets of England, That's a little right. uh, ragamuffin just trying to get his porridge 
<laughs> now, the big thing that we get set up here at the end that pays off towards the end is Niles very specifically tells her not to wish, tells Dorothy not to wish, never oh, to wish. Yeah. And throughout the episode, the, what is it called, actually? What's his name? The Candlemaker. Candle maker. Candle maker. I want to yep. call him Candle Monster, but it's Candlemaker. That's right. Um, keeps apply. pushing her. To disobey her bedtime, to kill Daddy, I think. Oh man, that things. got dark. Yeah, I got real worried about that. And but stab a brick with a knife? Is that going to do the job? I mean, yeah, I don't it's know. Have you ever tried? Yeah. Well, I have a lot of like brick enemies, um, <laughs> and I've been trying to find a way to beat them. <laughs> yeah. Ever since that brick house incident, right? Yeah. yeah. It was a brick shit house, and I did the wrong thing. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> But the other thing that I thought was interesting here, and I don't know if you guys picked on this up on this or this bothered you as well, but it, it bothered me in a good way, is Candlemaker is talking in complete sentences right now, right? Like yeah. by the end of the episode, which is more disturbing somehow than him just going, wish, yeah. make wish. That got real, make wish, that got real scary, man. Stop make it. wish, please, please stop. Um, Don't go bedtime, Pete. But what was weird was, like, at the end, you know, Candlemaker finally had enough. Like, she was finally ready to listen to Candlemaker at the end, and he was like, now go talk to your friends. I think he's playing hard to get. He's playing hard to wish. He's just being a little bit tricky. Like, I don't know. Have you ever met a Candlemaker? Um, They are sneaky, a sneaky people. I'm much more of a butcher baker guy. <laughs> nice. I always went with the king. Really? Yeah. Weird. Wait, isn't that is that the same thing? The they all go to the king? No? Am I thinking of something different? <laughs> I don't know what I've got to say about. most nursery rhymes sort yeah, of. I'm thinking uh, of old king call. Yes. Old king call was a merry old soul. He's a merry old soul. And a merry old soul was he. And he summoned his butcher, his baker, his candlestick maker. All three. And they had a big orgy. Oh, boy. Oh, Sex oh, patrol. Um, Sex we're patrol. getting a little unfocused here, or at least I certainly am. So why don't we focus back and talk about Cliff. One thing that I wanted to mention here is after episodes of us talking about how, however you feel about Cliff, he's spending a lot of time screaming, uh, nay, screeching at Niles. I think we can all agree on that, whether he's yeah. justified or not. But they Just do right. hit a little bit of a detente here, which I thought was really nice. And it was a very fun scene where. Oh, yeah. The- when he's just, Niles is rolling behind. He's like, Cliff. You know, just a very calm, quiet moment. I thought that was hilarious. I was Florida. Well, That's great. I, I like that, and I also just loved the simplicity of him offering up first the medical term for ecstasy and then saying ecstasy, and mm-hmm. Cliff being like, what? And then the shot of him being like, eh, and just shrugging was very fun and cutting to Cliff partying. Yeah. And it also just deals with the reality of Cliff is a brain in a jar. He's been like, I can't touch anything, but you can still do stuff to his brain, you know? You can still dance. Mm-hmm. That's what, and I really just liked this. Just a robot like, doing the robot. That was fun. A lot of great cliff lines. Um, yeah. I mean, Niles' line, I'd like to punch me too. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is the kind of thing that I've been talking about, how Cliff is so angry. And sometimes you just need to find that relief of the anger for the person that you're mad at. And this is it. Like, Niles is way more candid than he's been. He's not trying to, like, lecture him. Cliff yeah. is, like, in a bad spot and open to, like, a new idea. And Niles gives it to him. And so it's like... One step in the right direction, which I yeah. thought was cool. 
And while we're talking about Cliff, like, I feel like one big thing about this episode is all these characters are very, like, nice. They're very kind at the end of the day, including Cliff. And I just think all the anger has uh, has sort of clouded over that or, or paved over that. And that's why he feels so out of place in the show right now. And hopefully this is a step in the direction where we can get back to sort of that uh, soft heart in the um, dancing robot body. Uh- I think it's a turning point, and I think we get to see it. It's a turning point where he's trying to bond with Jane, or I guess it's Miranda slash Hammerhead slash whoever is particularly in charge at any given time. Scarlet Harlot. Scarlet Harlot. Uh, Should I not have waggled my eyebrows while I was saying that? Yeah, that was super creepy, It was an impulse. I couldn't even stop it. Well, that's the most sexual move you know you do, right, Alex? Yeah. Well, There is nobody more sexual than Groucho Marx. As Danny <laughs> says, do better, bro. Do better. Can't. Wow. I can't. I refuse to. Too old. Can't get better now. The, <laughs> wow. It's uh, <laughs> a horrible, horrible thing to but say. But we do get this bond, these bonding moments with Jane or whoever is controlling the body. And I do think that points to Cliff getting back to basics after hitting rock bottom here. But it also points to this conflict that's going on with Jane that I do think is treated in a really kind of... A more nuanced way this episode, even though Jane is still in mind jail, the mm-hmm. fact that they are, like you're talking about, Justin, all are kind to each other and trying to work with each other and ultimately are like, no, the child, that is the person that we have the best interest for. That is our goal to the point where I guess it wasn't Hammerhead. It's the one with the silver eyes that I'm forgetting. The doctor. Yeah. Uh, comes after the, what is this? Oh my gosh. The shadowy mister. Cuddles. Yes. Uh, shadowy Mr. Evans and shoves ah. the baby back inside of him to save the world, which great fun moment. Good yeah. stuff. But that was Hammerhead who shoved it in there. Oh, was it Hammerhead? Yeah. Okay. It feels like they a all look move. very similar. They're hmm. all played by the same actress. I don't know what? if you've, yeah. <laughs> you've noticed that. No, it's a I nuanced that. performance. And as a classically trained actor, let me just oh. say, like, you can vanish <laughs> into a role. Uh, <laughs> and it's sometimes it's so it's even hard to tell who's doing it, but it's actually the same actor playing all these characters. Little wow, behind the scene theatrical. That is wild. Uh, yeah, I, I did. What I do enjoy about uh, Jane's kind of like who's running things was we kind of saw the painter break. And then it was fun to see all these other kind of Janes fail. And then also, uh, you know, Cliff's hug broke Hammerhead. And she's like, I don't want to deal with this hugging robot. Fine, Jane, you can, you know, have it. I thought that was such a kind of fun way to kind of go through that. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's really important. It's it, what I like about this show is it really everybody kind of takes a turn being really important to saving the day. Like if there wasn't a hammerhead to kind of shove that baby back up inside uh, to save the day, uh, you know what I mean? Like this whole thing would have been for nothing. So, uh, I, yeah, I really like how we kind of take turns shining how important each character is. Speaking of which, you want to move over and talk about Rita and Flex Metallo because I thought that was a great yes. storyline. And they have such good chemistry in this Christ. episode. Very I fun. love this ship. Um, uh, do you, Pete, or is this a good one for you? Yeah, yeah, this Fleeta? ship works. You but, a Fleeta? But as we remember, Flex already has the love of his life. You know what I mean? So Yes, but this unfortunately. Can't happen. She, she got dusted. She got dusted. Oh, come on, man. Give him some happen. time. Give him some time to get I past I think he's that. had some time. He's been 
rocking around the world with the Danizens. He's ready to go. He's ready to flex. I I, I ship it. I think they're very cute together. I think he clearly likes her and she seems to like him, even though she's kind of literally using him for sex at this point. Um, but the whole the whole setup there of keep your nose on the dot yeah, so that he doesn't watch her. And then later on, his nose is attached to the dot and he can't get it off. That's very fun. Um, but it, as usual with the show, even though it starts with this very funny, very silly setup, it leads towards something much bigger and much more emotional for Rita in terms of her past, in terms of how her mother treated her, who, which ultimately comes back when she treats Dorothy the same way and says, darling, please, you have other talents. Oh, that was awful, Rita. Awful yeah. moment for you. Just, you know what I mean? Like, don't just, as you're falling asleep, say the worst thing you can to a child. I mean, Jesus. Well, but like, I mean, that's Rita's- the line that scarred her, and then she's going to kind of like pass on this albatross. I mean, come on. Well, that's what I mean. People do. That's a, a true thing. And Rita, I think, is a good person, but she's dealing with all of her stuff in this episode and sort of gets emotionally opened up over the course of it and isn't really in control of everything. Yeah. So, uh, so I that was a, a bummer, but like, I see why it happened. It's definitely, like you're saying, it's very true. I mean, as more seriously than earlier as a parent, it is one of my number one fears that I will accidentally say something like that. Because let's be honest, yeah. not everybody is talented at everything. But And as a parent, though, you want to encourage your kids in whatever direction they want to go in because they're unformed at this point. You know, maybe right. something that they're not so good at yet, they'll practice a lot and get really good at it. Mm-hmm. But... And I think we as parents don't want to re- repeat the mistakes of our past, like getting our children to do something embarrassing, like going to podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to your kids. Don't uh, do that. I'm sorry, not do that. Come on, I hide the microphones. I record in a hidden closet. Like that's it. It's my secret. It's my secret. It's my albatross, Pete. Like you said. Oh, man. Don't, uh, they they don't asked do me if there's any money in this. I said no. And they're like, no. good, good to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do not do it, kid. Don't do it. You can do anything. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't talk for a living. Oh, God. Um, but but I, just to talk about Flex yeah. for a second, uh, like I love just Flex is such a great character and yeah. uh, great chemistry great. with Rita. Like he shows up, starts flexing, does a little flex shway on the place to set up the party. He's making getting some muffins to appear on the tray, like pack muffins, cupcakes. I'm assuming. There were cupcakes. Uh, okay. Uh, really? Wow. Very adamant about that. Well, I mean, there's a big difference between a muffin and a cupcake. That's a completely really? different kind of party. Just, uh, just the frosting? Uh, I, their insides are completely different. I mean, what are you coming at me for, dude? Cupcakes <laughs> and muffins are nothing alike, bro. Same thing, basically. Same oh, shape. oh my God. That's insane. That is an insane thing to say. No, wait, I, for your birthday party, I'm getting you a dozen blueberry muffins. <laughs> That's not what you want. We'll put candles in them and then uh, you can't make a wish. Send them in the morning, fine. That's great. You know, every year on my birthday, my family makes me a large muffin, <laughs> <laughs> and I blow out the candles on it. It's uh, a weird. That's a weird thing. I've Justin's never heard. noticed a difference there. That's that's weird. Yeah. But I, at one thing, I did want to ask you, Justin, as a classically trained actor. Mm-hmm. You know, we had this moment where uh, Rita got real defensive of her process, and she was like, "Don't question my process." Has ever happened to you? Were you ever like doing something that maybe someone thought was weird, but it was really just for part sex? Of the 
You're talking about <laughs> or acting. What the fuck, man? I, think, I mean, the, her, she was, she was, it was a very sexual episode for Rita. No, but you want me trying to get my, the blank slate. Trying to you get want me to blank. talk about my sexual process <laughs> oh right now? God. I can't believe you would ask me that, but I'm, no, no, I'm no, he's not, he's not <laughs> asking you to talk about it. He's just asking if anybody has ever asked any questions about it. It's anybody it. questioned right. your and process. And let me be honest. Yes, people have questioned it a lot over the years. <laughs> And just to, to put a point on it, I am a classically trained actor, but I'm I've never said my complete title. I'm a classically trained sex act. Oh, uh, no. okay, that's why. I How come you didn't to- get a sex uh, ghost role then? Um, oh, scary point. I auditioned. I'm not dead. Well, so those were. I mean, nasty. I auditioned for it because I was more trained in modern sex acting techniques <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by Uta Hagen. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Uh, yes, I've seen your work, Alex. It's a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more it's more the sense of sex than the actual act of sex yes. itself. Like, I'm sorry, right. trying to get it across. It's like an abstract. Hey, Pete, you asked the question. I'm just trying to answer to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> and that knowledge is sexy. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Cyborg, who, as we talk about, I want to talk about Rita, I oh, about Rita talk, a little okay. bit more before we, um, like the whole thing, like the way they just get into this story and the sexual repression mixed in and that being sort of what is holding back her powers as the block against that I thought was so great. And the fact that she sort of like has intuited that and, and flex her attraction to flex is like her way to move through that. And then the way that it just cuts to in a very like fifth element style thing to shadowy Mr. Stevens waking up and being like, oh, yeah, my head periscope is up and I see some hot shit happening over at Doom Manor. Uh, great. They move so quickly into that. Um, and it's just a great release, uh, an almost sexual release for Rita in this episode. Well, and while it. we're staying on this plot line, we mentioned them earlier, but all of this stuff with the shadowy Mr. Evans, the sex men, it's almost obviously it ties into the overall plot, but it's so unimportant to anything that happens. Like yeah. the sex men are like, here's our names. This is what we do. They run in and then run out. And that's pretty much it. And that's just a very, very fun way to put it. Normally I'm not into a ton of extraneous elements in an episode, but it works so well here. And just like the off-head way, he's like, yeah, my name is Kettles. It could have been had stuff. And Ugh, we just move so on funny. from there. So also, I love how Niles knows who they are. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, what is the what? Niles is like, oh, <laughs> don't worry, guys. It's the sex men. I've tangled with you many a time in my exploits. Um, just in a lot of fun there. The great saxophone hits every time there's, um, uh, they're there. They're, uh, we're the first time we see them. They're talking about a worldwide sextinction. Mm-hmm. Um, just great stuff that throws us in the uh, sexual deep end before um, finding their natural sexual conclusion. But Ghostbusters, Pete. Yeah, uh, huge fan of Ghostbusters. This is a really weird take on it. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it, the the... Sex ghosts were hysterical. I mean, I guess they didn't have the effects to kind of... I wanted to see them shoot their uh, laser guns a little bit uh, and capture a ghost, but uh, we didn't get to see it, so we you going to do? Well, they were probably trying to, you know, withhold... They want to wait till the end to really, like, let it loose, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To really just You think we're going to see them again? Maybe. Oh, boy. We need to get that release. You know what I'm talking about? No, Let's I'm talking about. No. move on and talk about Cyborg, who we've been complaining about how he's been off on his own storyline, even though I think we've all been enjoying the storyline. He's very yeah. separate. Justin, you called out with the last episode. 
why don't they just give him a call and bring him over? And now here he is just showing up and hanging out with everybody, which felt abrupt in its own way. Uh, what did you guys think about that? Um, well, it, and it was sort of like a re-entry episode for him. He even says, like, I'm back. I don't know why, but I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely <laughs> felt that, that way. But And also, like, he is sort of a repressed character, it feels like, when it comes to um, a lot of things. And I just thought the conversation that he has with morally... Morally uh, corrupt, yeah. Corrupt was, was so good. Um, yeah. And just a really great idea and great speech by morally corrupt and perfect mm-hmm. for what cyborg needs to hear for what he's going through right now. Yeah. Also speaking of great speeches, the Danny letter at the end that Dorothy reads was really great. That was great. Yeah. I just to take a quick step back, Pete, you're a big fan of morally corrupt in her first appearance. What did you think mm-hmm. about her here? She's killing it. I mean, uh, really great stuff. You know, I mean, sometimes the answer is you got to party harder. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you got to turn it up. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, I just thought this was such a kind of like great use of more corrupt as well as Danny. Um, yeah, I like this kind of like party that's trying to, uh, you know, improve people's lives. It's great. Um, let's talk about Larry briefly. And I say briefly because there's surprisingly not a lot going on with him this episode. I know we got a big focus on him last episode with pain patrol while he was being tortured, but considering Danny, uh, was so tied into this episode, considering Danny was so tied to that huge Larry episode last season, I was surprised we didn't get more of him. Well, I mean, he did go right from being tortured to thrown into a party that's got tough transition for anybody. But it was hysterical. Like, he got to dance a little bit, and then Rita immediately ditched him. Uh, and, you know, he kind of was feeling awkward. And then that guy came up to him and it's like, cool bandages. It's like, yeah, if I take him off, everybody dies. Like, hilarious. Just really funny, awkward kind of first date interaction stuff. I thought that was really funny. Um, unfortunately, LT kind of mopes for the rest of the episode, kind of mopes it around. But it's understandable. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, not everybody can be uh, living their best life. You know what I mean? Well, I think for two reasons. Um, A, yes, sex is difficult for him because of the whole irradiated, deadly body side Mm -hmm. of it. Right, 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 right. But B, it's also difficult for him for him emotionally because of um, what happened in his life, how he was closeted his whole life and had um, his secret relationship that he ultimately pushed away because of what he was going through and feeling. So, like, it is. It makes sense to me that he is like just not emotionally available to um, be a part of it. Like, he dances for a second. Is like, oh boy! Like, he literally sighs. He's yeah. the guy at the orgy in the back who's just not there for it. You know, Pete. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the guy in the We've back. We've all been there. Yeah, I'm holding hors d'oves. You know, just like asking. Oh, you're working at the orgy. Yeah, you're serving. Yeah, I hope you're like serving a, anything on toothpicks because that's like bad yeah. orgy energy. Uh, oh, that's bad orgy caps. etiquette. Yeah. yeah. I got Gatorade and hors d'oeuvres. Gatorade. <laughs> well, you got to keep oh, yeah. going. Whoever, whoever um, orgasms first, you dump a bucket of Gatorade on it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right, everybody, go home. He's the champion. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or, orgies are a speed contest as far as I know. Is that I is hope that so. I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've won a lot of orgies over the years. Oh, Terrible segue, but let's turn over and talk about Dorothy, who was such a big part of this episode. I love the focus on her here. I thought the development of murder. the character. At the development. Of, who did she murder? Danny. No. She's just a, she's a brick dropper. It's okay. Yeah. Danny's I mean, fine. I think we got kind of the real reveal in this episode that maybe she wanted to drop the brick because she didn't want to go back to prison. And that's why she's got that shiv. She's not going back. She's not going back. I mean, I agree she doesn't want to go back, but that's more of an issue between her and Niles. And Danny's the one who's going to bat for her and saying, hey, you can't do this to her again. I know it's an easy answer for you, but you need to be better. I'm going to be better. That's why I'm a friggin' wheel. (laughs) Well, what do you think is going on there with Danny the wheel? All right. So do you think they disappeared to like Wheelville or like where did they go to? You know what I mean? Um. You're talking like a about Taylor Park, like maybe it's some w- Wheelsburg. E- oh, Wheel- Wheelsburg. Wheelsburg. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, no, I think that Danny's going to become a sweet car. I think uh, Pete you should be very excited about that because Danny wants to move. Danny, Danny's yeah, been but in the how street. Can he keep all those people in the car. You know what I mean? How can he keep all those people in the street? He's going to be Danny the car. He's going to drive on the street. He's changing it up. He's taking the other side. Wow. You know this what I mean? Crazy. This is exciting. They, I should say, they, they're they taking the others. Yes. Uh, moving back to Dorothy, though, I think one of the big things we got in this episode was addressing her age uh, and her mm-hmm. mental age, physical age, actual age. And I thought that this was a really interesting exploration of this because it is a little difficult as a viewer to get a handle on the fact that mentally she's like 10 or 11 years old, uh, but physically – she is over a hundred years old. Right. But, but either way, you don't want to be the person walking around the party sipping other people's drinks. You know what I mean? Like that's not a yeah. good look. You know what I mean? Not until the end of the night. Right. Exactly. Either, then you could have whatever I, you want. You I'm saying it doesn't wild. matter what time it is. That's not a good look. You shouldn't do well, that, you, man. No, you just take out the cigarettes and finish it all up and <laughs> clean up the party. Oh, that's yeah. an ashtray. You're drinking an ashtray. Oh, jeez. Ah, no wonder it's so dry. <laughs> <laughs> Any other moments from the episodes that you want to call out before we start to wrap up here? Uh, well, I were talking about Dorothy. Great rendition of Pure Imagination from um, Yeah, she gets a solo, like a little piano solo here. It was was hard to stay mad at her during that, but I managed. It's weird that you're able to (laughs) hold on to that anger. Cliff, the official Cliff of the podcast. Uh, Just a couple great lines and moments. I loved It's and then cutting to the bedtime title card. Very fun. Uh, With great musculature comes great responsibility. Perhaps, um, finally, great to hear that uh, phrase that's been so long. Um, Cliff's line, you have just embarrassed me in front of the sex men. Yeah. I, I also think Cliff's line of, uh, you know, I know that guy. They're talking about the sex demon, and he's like, Cliff's like, I know yeah. that guy. Danced with him. Oh wait, you so know, funny. Like, oh my god. Uh, they're not going to come help clean the house when the dancers yeah. vanish into the wheel. <laughs> Super fun. Uh, uh, oh, Rita's G spot almost ended the world. Yeah, nobody wants to talk good. about that. Yeah. I also thought, I mean, this is a little thing, but the whole thing with the disco ball at the beginning was very fun yes. and sweet as well. Beautiful. Both Rita tried to use her powers and then the Denny's in saying, 
uh, did it work? And she's like, yep, worked perfectly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's over. That was good. And then the Very moment funny. with making Dorothy float in the air as well with Flex using his powers was really sweet. Flex is just a great character. Really like that guy a lot. Add him to the team. Yeah. Um, one more thing about Cyborg. I, I mentioned like last time, why don't they call him? Mm-hmm. And then here he's like, great. Did I get any text message? I was like, have a, he should buzz when he gets a text. Make his yeah. like, I don't know, his just nipple buzz or something. Yeah. Just one little bit, just a little, mm-hmm. little tingle in the nip. He's like, oops, someone's texting me. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> That's how I know somebody's texting me. <laughs> exactly. My internal bodies like you someone's you hear a little ringing in your ear and it's like someone's talking about me mm-hmm. when a little bang bang in your nipple and you're like someone's texting me <laughs> little bang bang in your nipple uh before we wrap up here who was most doomed this episode pete who was most dorothy doomed? dorothy no question but also the fact that nobody cared about her bedtime by the end of it was just a little sad and hurt yeah. inside Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess really the who's doomed is um, uh, everybody's sleep debt um, in this episode because no one's getting a full eight yeah. by any means. Justin, who do you think is most doomed this episode? Uh, I mean, I got to go with Larry in this episode. He is the only one who doesn't get sort of doesn't that. party. He doesn't party. He doesn't get any of the release, the emotional sort of catharsis of it. And that's been his whole thing throughout. It feels like sometimes he gets closer to having some sort of release, but then he's always back sort of under wraps, uh, pun intended. And uh, I hope that he's able to find that release or else he truly will be doomed. I'm going to give it up for Rita in this episode as most doomed because even though – I love Rita. Don't get me wrong. But even though she did – push forward and get past this block. She ultimately pushed that back down. Uh, She repressed whatever was going on with those memories. She lashed out at Dorothy. So I think all the progress that she's had over the past couple of the episodes potentially might have been reversed completely in this one, despite the fact that she was the one driving most of the action. So it should be interesting to see how she deals with things going forward. And if you would like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And now, as always, we're going to end with a piece of advice from Pete LePage. Hey, uh, sometimes things go too far and you can't shove that baby back in, all right? Shove that baby back, baby, baby back in. <laughs> That's true. As parents, I think Alex and I could both agree. That's 100% true. every night. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> my wife hates it. Um, and I'm sorry, guys. I have to run. I just got a bang-bang in my nip, so I'll text you guys. <laughs> Check you guys later. Peace, man. Peace.